0: Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone.
1: Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. He is Dustin Hockensmith. And this is our Memorial Day weekend version of our show. Dustin, I hope you're having a good weekend.
2: Yeah, nice, nice and relaxing so far, enjoying the long weekend with, uh, with family and everything. So that's kind of what it's all about. Very good. And having
1: many members of my family serve in the military, just a reminder, let's not forget what it's really about. It's for those who gave the ultimate for the rest of us. Okay, Dustin, with that said, let's move on to Penn State. We have a couple interesting topics for today, but a quick news item, Devin Ford, Former Penn State running back, hit the transfer portal, found a home at Notre Dame. Are you surprised? I, I, I First, I'll say it, I'm a little surprised.
2: Yeah, uh, considering the fact that uh, Devin wasn't really able to get onto the field to his satisfaction uh, at, during his time at Penn State, uh, I wasn't really expecting what I would kind of call a lateral move in terms of... Uh, program strength and team strength. Uh, I don't know in terms of what Notre Dame has exactly else at running back, but I was definitely expecting more uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech, someplace that was still power five that would give him a better opportunity. Um, But, you know, all all the best to him. Uh, We we had him on the show before he got to Penn State and really liked his personality. And I liked the fact that he stuck it out. Um, at, at Penn State and, and continued to kind of uh, play his part in the program. So he deserves an opportunity, uh, and I, I hope new surroundings give him that. But, I, you know, I, I did kind of expect not a, 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 a move to a Notre Dame-type program, to be honest.
1: I'm with you on that also. And one other side note, I'm, it'll be interesting to see if he will get more carries there than he would have at Penn State. And the other thing I want to make note of is – It was interesting when he left the team after four games and it was for academic reasons. He wanted to focus on academics. Please, and we said it at the time, the timing of it by leaving after four games meant he maintained that year of eligibility. Okay? Yes. Pay attention to what people do, not necessarily what is said. And, And I think James Franklin, it was a nice thing to say But the fact was, him leaving after four games told me he was going to end up somewhere else. And I have no problem with him doing that, by the way. Zero. Best of luck to him. As you said, he was on our show. Seemed like a great great guy. We wish him luck with the Fighting Irish. All right, let's let's move on to today's topics, Dusty. One of the things, and it took us a couple weeks to hit this, and I wanted to, and we got sidetracked by everything else. But on three came out with a very interesting article and ranking of the top 100 players um, for college football in the upcoming season. The really interesting thing was Penn State had six players on that list, five of them in the top 33, four of them in the top 25. That's an exceptional showing.
2: It is, and, and I think I've said this before, but I, I can't imagine a list like this during James Franklin's time since 2014 at Penn State, where they were so well represented at the upper echelon uh, of of top 100 players, and uh, that's what make this makes this team really unique. I think in 2023 is that they are built around some legitimate, legitimate star power, and I think that that star power is at such good positions on the field too so it's like you can poke holes in what penn state has you can poke holes pretty much in what everybody has ideally you're going into a season with this kind of star power as well as you know proven depth everywhere but the reality is Not many programs, if any, go into the following season with no questions to ask at all. So Penn State obviously has questions to ask, and they have some things to prove at wide receiver and, you know, starting a young quarterback who you love but hasn't really gotten starter reps before. Um, The defensive line, especially on the inside, okay, you have questions there. You lose impact guys at cornerback and safety. So obviously Penn State has some things to prove. But to get five players in the top 33 nationally. Now I didn't really pick apart the list to see how many can stake a, a similar claim. But you got to think, you know, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, the, the usuals are going to be in that neighborhood. Uh, but Penn State, you know, they're, they're built around stars and these stars have the ability, I think, to make up for deficiencies on your roster that, that you might encounter along the way or the questions that you don't end up answering.
1: I'm just going to say, uh, Dustin, a responsible journalist would have done that homework, Dusty. So you did. So I did. <laughs> fortunately, for you, fortunately for you, I am here to help you out.
2: Okay. Well, has it, has it ever been, has it ever been debated? I I see you holding up the list. Has it ever been debated that I play the loose cannon role on this show?
1: (laughs) Each, each to our skills, Dusty, each to our skills. (laughs) So yes, I did look at the other numbers and you could take, again, this is the glass half full or half empty. Excited about having six Penn State players on the list now, I held it up to, for you to see. I hope you didn't count. Any guesses on how many folks Ohio State and Michigan each have on the list?
2: In, in the top 100? Yes. I think I saw like seven for, for a few of those. Am I, am I missing some? Yeah. Yes. Both
1: Ohio State and Michigan have seven players on the list. Okay. How about Georgia and Alabama? I counted them also. How many for each of them?
2: Uh, let's, say, uh, let's say nine. Georgia also has seven. Okay.
1: Alabama has five.
2: Wow. Okay. Fire I, mean, Nick, I think the fire Nick Saban out. crowd ha- has to be getting vocal at this point.
1: <laughs> and, uh, you know, also, you know, Penn State with that five of their six in the top 33, the Penn State numbers are top heavy, which is really nice to see. And just going, you know, in comparison for Ohio, Ohio State has two wide receivers, um, Marvin Harrison, no surprise. Uh, Ibaka, I'm not even going to try the rest of the name. So they have two wide receivers are their two most highly rated. They also have two running backs in in the list. And also Michigan, Two of their, they have two running backs on the list also, Blake Corum, and Donovan Edwards, which I guess isn't a lot of surprise, but I think Penn State's list of players is a little bit more well-rounded. There there seems to be players from each level in each position, where Ohio State, especially with two wide receivers, two running backs, it seems to be very heavily with the specialty players.
2: Yeah. The, the skill guys oh, the and players. And the yeah. Guys. And, and, and all really, you know, you think about what those programs do and how they recruit and what they're built on. And it's not really a surprise that Ohio state has recruited, you know, five-star after five-star at wide receiver and to a lesser extent at running back as well. Interesting that you got three big 10 teams that had, that have six total running backs o- on this list. And I think it's just, you know, for Michigan's sake, uh, they're always going to want to uh, run and be physical and get downhill. And both those guys have done the job. And Donovan Edwards, you know, filling in for Blake Corum late last year showed what he's capable of doing and a unique challenge for all three, you know, opponents uh, of those teams having to stop that one, two punch. Uh, but I, I a hundred percent agree that Penn state, you know, for better or worse, has their talent scattered in more places and better balance. And, you know, and I, I hinted at it now and I think I've said it before, but if you're gonna make a list of where you want a top 35 player, you know, protecting your quarterback's blind side, Olu Fashionou, locking down a, a number one wide receiver, unless you're playing Marvin Harrison Jr., who's uh, you're nobody's really able to lock him down, but having a, a lockdown cornerback. Um, Having a a talented edge rusher who's also balanced and can stop the run, Uh, a do-it-all linebacker, you know, and then at running back Nick Singleton being part of a one-two punch where at least the offense has an identity uh, to start with, you know, you're not always that lucky to say, you know, Penn State has a proven strength right off the bat with Singleton and Catron Allen. So having a running back that contributes to that, I mean, I, I really like that balance. And it, it, it does allow you that, you know, obviously you think, okay, defensive tackle is a, a huge question mark for Penn State. But, you know, if they're so good at edge rusher, which they absolutely are, um, then and, and they're so good at linebacker, guys that can clean up messes in a big-time way with guys like Abdul Carter and Curtis Jacobs, maybe you can manage your way around that. Um, so I think that's what Penn State brings to the table is that your deficiencies are close to a strength in, in almost all these cases. So maybe they're able to manage around those things a little bit better because of that.
1: A couple other interesting things to look at in looking at Ohio State and Michigan. Not only did Michigan have two running backs on the list, they had two interior offensive linemen on the list also. That's a that's an identity, okay? That really absolutely
2: is. Yep, absolutely it is. And and they they continue to be strong in both of those areas. And they, they recruit and they get transfers at center and guard as well as anybody. You know, if they want to be strong anywhere, it's right up the middle and they want to try to pound you into submission. If there's anything
1: against type, it's that Michigan has their quarterback on the list. Yeah. Where neither Ohio State nor Penn State does. But could you not see at the end of the season both Ohio State and Penn State having their quarterback on a
2: similar type list. And Michigan's quarterback to be off the list to be honest and it has nothing to do with JJ McCarthy, it's just like will Jim Harbaugh ever let his quarterback fly? Will he ever and McCarthy presents such a dual threat like it's hard to imagine that he won't be utilized, but you know what? I mean, I think they 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 they're committed to their identity sometimes to a fault. Ohio State such a track record of producing a high level quarterbacks. The offense almost guarantees it. So whoever gets that job is probably gonna be on this. And then, you know, Drew Aller is so ridiculously talented and he has, you know, in short, a short, a small sample size has shown intangibles of a great quarterback, too and the work behind the scenes to be a great quarterback. So I I think maybe all three of these schools have a quarterback on the list if you make the same one at the end of the season. And there could be no better scenario, I think, for Penn State than to have Drew Aller join this list at some point during the year because that, that would definitely establish that a big question has been answered and that offense should be pretty darn good.
1: One last observation. Before in quarter two, we're going to look at the individual players of Penn State on this list. But you mentioned that Penn State defensive tackle being an area where they don't excel. They don't have someone in the top 100. Neither does Michigan. Neither does Ohio State. So it's it's kind of an interesting little tidbit that you can – get out of this kind of article this kind of list dusty all right that's it for quarter number one as i said we'll pick up the conversation look at the specific individuals from penn state who are on this list stay tuned
3: hey guys this is andrew from 409 tailgate club here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set
0: It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone.
1: And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. He is Dustin Hawkinsmith. I'm Jim Galante. We're talking about this top 100 players for the 2023 season. Uh, came out from On3, really interesting article and list. And we we're pointing out Penn State has six players on the list. Very well represented. But we've got to point out Ohio State and Michigan both have seven players on that list. So you could take that any way you want. Gee, we haven't caught up to those other teams. Or you could say, you know what, we've closed the gap and are on the same level with them. And candidly, that's the latter is the way I look at it. I don't think, and you pointed this out in the first quarter, Dustin, I don't think you could take a look at the James Franklin era and ever say that he had this kind of high-level talent. One
2: could even call it elite. Yeah, I mean, uh, better than great talent, Jim, if we want to borrow the great to elite (laughs) comparison. Um, Yeah, and I think it's just interesting because uh, you had, you, you look at, the the five guys that Penn State has in the top thirty three, um, you know, one was a transfer, Chop Robinson. One was a five star, Nick Singleton. But then you've got three guys, Olu Fashinu, Kalen King, and Abdul Carter, who I don't think were in that can't miss category of recruits. You know, Penn State did an exceptional job, I think, evaluating Abdul Carter and getting a guy who was so ready from day one to compete. Kalen King, I mean, I think he was a a top two fifty type player, a really nice four star, but you know, in terms of seeing him be in a lockdown cornerback, I don't know if you could have, you know, uh, taken that for granted either. Uh, And then fashion, it was a three-star. So there's, there's different types of developmental journeys that these guys have gone on uh, to, to reach this point. And I think Penn state has done a really good job with that. I also think, you know, if a similar list is made next year or the year after Penn state's going to lose some of the guys who are on this list now, but I think they've done such an exceptional job of recruiting high end players in the next couple of classes as well. They might maintain a similar position for the next few years. Okay.
1: Let's go through the list, Dusty, and I'm going to name each one and ask you a couple of questions on it. Fashion New was number seven. Can't be any surprise because he was thought if he had decided to go out for the draft, he would have been a top 10 pick. You can't yeah. be surprised at all by this.
2: Yeah, the, the the bigger surprise is that he's back, right? You know, we've had this conversation yes. before and just such a big win, um, such a tone setter to start the offseason that your first round left tackle decided he wants to come back because he sees that type of potential in this team. Uh, according to on three Olu who displayed brilliance uh, in his first year as a, as a starter there I think physically he checks off every single box uh, in terms of his length and his feet and his quickness's uh, got the ability to anchor against power rushes i mean he can do everything that you want in your left tackle and it seems like uh, just such a a positive in terms of chemistry and character as well um, this, it's a risk that he took to come back but also there's some re- there's still some reward there because if he has an even better year and he stays healthy for the full season and Penn State has more success he can go from being a top half of the first round guy to a top five in the first round guy and so he can he can make some he can lose some money but he can also make some money by making this choice to come back.
1: I don't think there's much chance of him losing money and coming back to putting more on tape. You you talked about Kalen King being a very high recruit, maybe not an elite one. He was all the way up at number 10. I think the next little bit of a surprise was Abdul Carter at number 16. It's interesting, Dustin, but I think the fact that on three is a bit of a scouting type entity I think they are able to see what we as Penn State people have seen, that if he wasn't ranked this highly before the season started, we would not be surprised. But if he weren't ranked this high at the end of the season, I think we would be surprised.
2: Yeah, and I think that's what, it's a good observation about making these lists because um, on three is as committed as anybody to understanding these players before they get to college. And when you understand these players before they get to college, you can better put into context what they do and why it was a surprise, where they exceeded expectations, what questions they answered be, with, you know that, that you maybe weren't expecting them to answer so quickly. And I think on three sees what Penn State fans have seen in Abdul Carter is just a, a player who is a hundred percent legitimate across the board. I think uh, considering he wasn't a starter uh, to start the year that he was being used as, as a reserve type player and he still went out there finished with 10 and a half tackles for loss, six and a half sacks broke up four passes, had five quarterback hurries. I mean, these were edge rusher type numbers in addition to the role that he played uh, stop in the run and, and all the other responsibilities of a linebacker. And I think that's why he's so high on this list is that he showed beyond a shadow of a doubt last year, that not only can he roam the field and make plays and be physical and all those things, he can be utilized in a way that he can make all those splash plays. And I think that's what makes him unique as a linebacker is that he uh, is kind of like a hybrid guy. He can, he can make all sorts of plays behind the line of scrimmage and many Diaz will absolutely use him in that way. Probably more so so this year than he did last year. So I think the numbers that Abdul Carter put up support that he is not just a really good linebacker. He's a lot more than that. And Dustin, it, I think it took Manny Diaz a few games to realize how
1: best to use him. If, if I had a chance, I'd bet the over on pretty much every one of those kind of flash plays. Uh, number 25 is Chop Robinson. Uh, I mentioned him i If anything, I thought he was a bit underrated by Penn State fans last year, if you just focused your attention on him, which I would do when I watched the replay of the games he He was a threat it seemed like almost every play, and again, I give on three credit, I think they see what what those of us who watch closely saw from him last year
2: yeah i think I think with him. You know we had the, we had this conversation you know uh much ado about that with Jason oway coming out uh, to the nFL draft with zero sacks right It's like you can the the numbers are one thing and ten tackles for loss five and a half sacks they 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 tell a story there, but you know it's almost like having a guy with electric speed on offense the, there's so much value in the fact that the opponent and the other coordinator has to process where he's at every single play has to feel the threat of that every single play and respect the threat of that. That's what I think chop Robinson brought is, is that guy who you have to circle him. You have to throw at least one good body at him, probably two to account for him every single play. And even then he's capable of making the play. And so, you know, the value goes a lot further than the numbers with him. And I think that the fact that he had such a good presence about him, um, at defensive end, which, by the way, was his transition year to a full time defensive end. You know, if you assume that he still had some things to learn there and, and he learned those things along the way, he should theoretically be a lot better in 2023, which is scary. But I think he he took such pride in doing the little things at defensive end too. It wasn't just a get to the quarterback or do nothing in, in, a, in a single play. That's what I think he brought to the table was just balance. Uh, explosiveness, you know, there are things that guys, you know, a former five-star recruit that he can do when it comes to leverage and bend and speed and hips and all those things, he checks off all those boxes. So I think Chop Robinson, you're right, wasn't respected just how good he could be before last season. I don't think that's going to be a threat anymore this year. And I'll get to a little later, but having some players on the opposite side of
1: him, the other defensive end doesn't hurt. Um, Number 33 is Nick Singleton, and you could argue, hey, true freshman, how much weight are you going to put on just that one year? But he's another one. I'll bet the over as far as where he's going to rank at the end of the year. I'm betting it'll be higher than number 33, Dusty.
2: And, you know, even though uh, numbers-wise he got off to a pretty good start last year, uh, I still think that there there were areas of his game that he needed some work, and I think the one of the things that 's really encouraging for his future is that it looks like he did that work and he learned and he adjusted and he made uh, he started making better things happen He started when it was time to settle for a four or five yard run. I think he did a good job of that uh, and that was something that he had to pick up on and, and be more patient as the year went on and and do a better job of running between the tackles and not looking for that home run. Uh, So I think he was a better, he was a more balanced player at the end of last season than he was at the beginning of last season. And he's on this list because, you know, obviously being a thousand yard rusher and averaging 6.8 yards per carry, but that game breaking speed is just not something that every good running back has. And I think Singleton with his uh, running style and kind of runs like, and I, I think I talked about journey Brown this way a few years ago too is Runs as if that carry is the last one he's ever going to get. So that combination of things, you know, it's just, it earns a lot of respect. And even if he splits carries like he did last year, and he, he ended up with 11 fewer carries than Katron Allen did uh, last year, still finished with over a thousand yards. I mean, this is a star. I don't not even a star of the making. It's already, he's already been made, but I think there's a lot of room, for him to maybe even be a 1,300, 1,400, 1,500-yard type runner without needing, like, ridiculous
1: volume. And I think that's the other part of it. The only thing, and I've used this analogy different ways before, you know, who's the only person who could hold Dean Smith? Or Dean Smith's the only person who could hold Michael Jordan under 20 points. Yeah. The system is the only thing that will hold Nick Singleton down, and it's not really holding him down. Maybe the volume will be less, because you have Catron Allen there also. But I think what we're going to see is Mike Yursich again, he was a first-year player. Yursich will understand his skill set even better. I think we're going to see more ways for Nick Singleton to make those explosive plays, Personally, I want to see him coming out of the backfield and catching some passes where he's already on the flank and do, doing some crazy things, Dusty. And finally, at number, I'm doing short shrift to him, only giving you a minute, but Curtis Jacobs sneaks in at number 100, and I think he's another guy that gets underappreciated.
2: Man, I mean, I think if you would have told me last year at this time that Penn State would have one linebacker number 16 in the top 100 list and one linebacker at number 100, I would have absolutely flip flop Curtis Jacobs and Abdul Carter. And it's no disrespect to what Curtis Jacobs can do, but, you know, Abdul Carter made such a big splash and, and does all the things that are primetime linebacker type things. It's great to have Curtis Jacobs back. You know, you go from Penn State being a, a question at linebacker to a definite strength with Curtis Jacobs. He's proven what he can do. Uh, he's athletic and fast and can cover a lot of ground. He's a perfect complement, I think, to Abdul Carter. Just doesn't get the national love, I think, that Abdul Carter does because he does more of the the dirty work. All right, Dustin, that's going to be it for
1: segment number
2: two. When we come back, we're going to
1: talk about some of the hidden gems. These aren't the guys who are on your top 100 list, but definitely guys you got to pay attention to. We'll do that after the break.
3: Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub Set.
0: Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone.
1: And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. He's Dustin, I'm Jim. Dustin, we spent the first two quarters talking about this list of top 100 players going into the 2023 college football season. Before we switch to our... uh, Next topic, hidden gems. I want to kind of tie the two together. And that's this question. Maybe guys, they're not going to be on the hidden gem side. They were not on the top 100 list. But who are the guys not on that top 100 list who might be there at the end of the season? Give me a couple names.
2: Well, I mean, we talked about Drew Aller uh, earlier when we went through that list. You know, if, if he's as good as Penn State fans hope he can be. Uh, in year one as a starter, he can definitely be on that list. Uh, I think uh, deny Dennis Sutton and or Adisa Isaac are capable of being on that list. And I, I would make the case, you know, both at running back and at edge rusher, you know, Penn State had a, had a player on that list, but it doesn't even capture the full strength there where Catron Allen and his ability to complement Nick Singleton makes Nick Singleton better, makes Penn State's running back better. Much better than number 33 uh, on that list. And same thing with that at the edge rusher spot. You know, to have two guys who are capable, I think, of being top 100 players outside of Chop Robinson, who was number 25, uh, Denied Dennis Sutton and Adisa Isaac, you know, that is a, a big time strength. And I think Pensy's strength on the edge, I still think is underappreciated. You know, to have three players who are not just starting caliber, but are all capable, I think, of getting seven or eight sacks if, if opportunities present themselves is big. Uh, another player, I think, if Theo Johnson, if, if the the hype and the potential meet the meets production uh, as he gets more of an opportunity this year, he is absolutely capable of being on, on that list as well. And I would add, you know, two young guys who are coming off the radar a bit, KJ Winston, and I know opportunities might not suggest it right away, but Tony Rojas at linebacker can be an exceptional player, so these are more wild card type players that uh can really make Penn State pop this fall. What's funny, Dustin
1: is on my notes, I put in my list, and they're the same names as yours yeah, yeah. i don't I didn't know if you would hit Theo Johnson or not, so I'm glad that you did and uh, you know the two players that you mentioned k j Winston tony rojas i wanted to put them under the hidden gems but i know you don't consider them hidden so we had a little difference they're, of opinion as to what qualifies as a hidden yeah gem.
2: They're, they're they're fringy in terms of how you characterize what a hidden gem is in terms of like um they haven't done it yet right so that makes them i think technically hidden gems but i think their their names have already generated enough buzz and hype that i i didn't I didn't view them that way, but I don't blame anybody for, for, for viewing them that way.
1: But what, what I like about those players, and you used the description splash plays earlier, and that's probably the difference between Abdul Carter and Curtis Jacobs. Yep. And you become a superstar with splash plays. You know, yep. Going the other way, against Ohio State, that defensive end of theirs, he changed that game. Yeah. Okay, that's the type of player he is now. Tony Rojas and K.J. Winston don't know if it'll happen, but they appear to be that kind of guy who would give you splash plays.
2: Yeah. And I I think that, you know, that characteristic separates the elite players from the great ones, the great ones from the good ones and and so on. Uh, The ability to make plays that are uncommon. And I think Curtis Jacobs has proven that he can make the routine play as well as anybody, maybe even better than Abdul Carter. But splash plays are what change games in, in football. And, you know, when we talk about guys that, you know, Penn State having five out of the top 33 in the country and then on three list and six out of the top 100, you know, they've, they've got play, players who can make game-changing plays at a level that we haven't seen in a while. Definitely.
1: All right. Now let's go to our official, official hidden gem list okay these are the ones that really count and qualify here let's kind of go by uh, you know positions and you could if you have a couple guys you could put them in let's start at defensive back because you know we know there's Kalen King there we know he is a star he's a superstar he's gonna be a first round draft pick we think next year but who are the guys who have yet to make the name for themselves Dusty?
2: Well, I think um, Jalen Reed is is the guy that jumps out at safety for me. Um, I think you can make a similar case to Keaton Ellis. Keaton Ellis has been around a long time. I don't think anybody has expectations for Keaton Ellis to be a star per se, but I still think athletically he's got that in him. But I think Jalen Reed, um, you know, it could very well could be him or, KJ Winston as a starter at safety and it very well could be KJ Winston. Who's the guy there. So that drives Jalen Reed to that extra guy, that third or fourth safety role again. But I think he's been so good in that role. So good in small doses has the ability to play more of a linebacker safety hybrid more so than any of the other three guys uh, that that we'd be talking about, including Zachy Wheatley uh, at safety. So there's definite position value there. Um, But I think you need a guy like Jalen Reed to keep that continuity going at safety. You lose uh, two years ago. uh, You lose Jaquan Brisker. Now this year you lose Jair Brown Uh, having a guy like Jalen Reed to be that anchor in in the reserve uh, group of things there. I mean, he's an important guy and I think he's underappreciated as far as that goes. And he might be victim to KJ Winston being that breakout guy, but I still think he's going to be a pivotal player for that safety rotation.
1: Okay. You got any other defensive backs, maybe in the cornerback room?
2: Uh, I think, you know, Cam Miller is an important guy now. And I think, you know, Storm Duck moves on, they replace him with a kid from, from Mississippi state. But I think no matter what was going on, Cam Miller was going to be relied upon uh, to be an important piece at cornerback. And I think that that fact is known. Uh, He got eleven. uh, uh, he appeared in 11 games last year, really good experience, uh, to burn his red shirt in a year where I don't know if it was a necessity per se, but to me, it indicated how the coaching staff feels about him. And I think his role is going to grow. Uh, he's not going to be a a starter alongside, uh, King, Johnny Dixon will, will be that guy, but he can be a third starter type player. And I expect that from Cam Miller. So while, you know, he burned his red shirt last year and, and, you, you see the right on the wall that he's going to be counted on. Uh, I, I expect him to be pretty good. Not just, not just a, a, a beneficiary of circumstance at cornerback, but, but being good enough to be that Penn State's number three.
1: Yeah. If anyone else besides the, the couple that you mentioned, uh, as far as defensive backs, before I jump you out of that position.
2: Yeah. You can jump me out of there. They're, those are really the names that, that jump out to me.
1: Okay, let's I wanna jump to the other side of the ball because I think it's fascinating and a position of need is wide receiver. And the feel somebody we know who the guys are at the top, Keandre Lambert Smith, Trey Wallace. We know Dante Cephas is coming in as the transfer. But you need somebody else. Someone's gotta step up, Dusty. Who's your money on? Uh
2: well, I mean, I, I can honestly say uh, my money was not on Amari Evans before the blue white game. And y'all I'm always a little bit, you know, I, you don't want to get carried away right with, with the results of the blue white game. But, you know, to me, he, he jumps out as maybe the, the only candidate or the best candidate to actually give Dante Cephas and Keandre Lambert Smith and Harrison Wallace a run is to, is to maybe be in that category of guys. And, You know, I just kind of thought about um, with him, I thought about like before Allen Robinson was Allen Robinson. He was a guy that you weren't expecting all that much from before Chris Godwin was was the player that he was. You weren't sure whether to expect that much. I think Omari Evans is is kind of uh, that story can play out with him. Uh, The speed is a good thing. Um, it seems like he's made a lot of strides uh, in terms of the technique and learning the position. So that could, that could really help him. But I, I've, I've just felt like blue white could just be the tip of the iceberg. And uh, he's not that hidden of a gem because he he got a lot of notoriety coming out of the, the blue white game, but I still feel like he's capable of delivering starter type, Um, reps during games. And I'm really excited to see if that's what happens with him.
1: And with that speed to take the top off the defense, is there someone else with that ability? And now also with Drew Aller at quarterback, you sense that there might have been a little bit of a connection between those two. And I was watching some highlights from early in the season because I wanted to see, again, Drew Aller when he played. And it was, I think it was the Ohio game where Drew out just the perfect pass. Omari Evans just dropped it right in the bucket for him. It, it was great to see. I have visions of that for the 23 season, Dusty. I just want to add on the wide receiver, like, I have no idea who who's going to step up, but it just feels like there's so many candidates. It's got to be somebody. Is it Malik McLean, the transfer from Florida State, who has so many of those physical tools? And I've heard people before spring practice even started, just the workout room, calling him a freak. You know, is Liam Clifford, you know, going to be that possession receiver, just that guy you know you could always count on? Or how about Caden Saunders, the guy that we thought so much of a year ago coming in as a very highly recruited wide receiver out of Ohio? Isn't there, you know, there's going to be somebody. I'm just not sure who it's going to be, Dusty.
2: And and all those players are are in the conversation, right? All those players, you know, bring something to the table. Uh, I like Amari Evans, um, you know, out out of that list with Malik McClain and Caden Saunders, I like Evans to be the most prominent guy. And then going beyond that list, players that you are not really expecting all that much in 2023, that very well could be true. But I I still just, I love Anthony Ivey, who's going to be a redshirt freshman. I don't know that he's really in a position to make a run for a role yet, but I like his upside a lot. And I think he's just one name that you shouldn't, you shouldn't allow yourself to forget about him just because we, we don't see him on Saturdays that much just yet. I love his high school film. I think he's a really good player. Really seems to get it at the position maybe next year, 2024 is the the year for him. Uh, And then the other one is Christian driver who I don't love when a player Uh, goes with the position change early in his career. Uh, I think it just leaves you susceptible to, you know, getting cast aside. Uh, you know, you're, you're back to the, back to the bottom of the totem pole at a new spot. So when he goes from defensive back to wide receiver, uh, but I, I just like him as a player. I like his football IQ. I like the the way that he plays the game and how smart he is and way, the way that he sees things coming from, you know, with those NFL genes. So I, I think those two guys are players that I don't know if 23 is a year, but I still feel like they can be really good players down the line. And
1: I'll just mention with Christian driver and that position change, I'm always impressed with the fact that this is someone who has the ability to be a factor at more than one position, that we would even consider him, and maybe it's just wide receiver is going to be his niche. All right, Dustin, we haven't finished this hidden gem conversation. Stick around. We've got more of them in quarter number four.
3: Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set.
0: We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at keystonesportsnetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone.
1: And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. He's Dusty. I'm Jim. We're in the middle of our conversation about Dustin's hidden gems on this Penn State football team. Quarter three, where we went through a good uh, number of them. Dustin, where we didn't hit was the big uglies, the guys up front on either the offensive line or the defensive line. And I I don't know if I've ever followed a team where there's been as much conversation about the offensive line as there has been with this Penn State team over the last several years. So it's... there was a time when any conversation about an offensive lineman, you were talking about a hidden gem because no one talked about him. Now it's almost the reverse with this team. We talk about it so much. Is it still possible to have a hidden gem?
2: I think it is. I mean, especially when you're talking about position battles where you have a presumed uh, winner, you know, like, and, and I'll, I'll start with one at, let's say at right guard where, you know your starter is back. Sal Wormley is back at at guard, and can you presume him the the winner again, or is there going to be a, a spirited run to try to unseat him? And I think that's where you can find somebody who, you know, Vega Iwane is, you know, not a hidden gem per se because he got a little bit of love last year. And coaching staff seemed to really like him, and um, you, you saw you saw him just like ridiculous uh, his his um attributes at six foot four 352 pounds where he doesn't look like that at all I don't know what it is about the way that his his body is is balanced but he just doesn't look 352 at all they were able to preserve his red shirt last year I think he's I think he's a guy who can really really push Sal Wormley for that starting job and can can with those physical dimensions I think give him a higher ceiling than what we've seen from Wormley but has to kind of offset that experience um, deficit that he's got. So I think Vega Iwane is the type of player who can, you know, lock down a starting job in the interior. And I think that whole thing is so intriguing moving forward because, you know, you watch with, with uh, interest as Alex Birchmeyer develops, you know, you watch as Vega Iwane develops, you wonder, uh, is Landon Tangwall destined to stay at guard, or can he play tackle when when things might uh, shuffle around later, like after Olufashinu leaves? So I think those interior players are that the competition there is well worth watching. But I definitely expect Vega uh, Iwane to be at least on the two deep to start the year. I do too, and I
1: do think it is possible for him to go under the radar, be a hidden gem in that. There's so much narrative about all the other players, whether it's Fashionu, who's, you know, an All-American, going to be a top draft pick, chose to come back. You have Drew Shelton, who was the true freshman who burned the red shirt and had to come out and play. Uh, Tengwa you know, gets a lot a lot of play. You have the two rookies, Birchmeyer and Williams, who you can't help but talk about. So I do think that Yuana can get lost in the shuffle a bit, if it's possible for someone who's six foot four, three hundred and fifty pounds to get lost in the shuffle. Right. But I, I I love this pick. And the fact is, I often talk about the defense where there's essentially twenty-two starters because everybody's rotating in and out, you know. And the offensive line, you think, well, here's our five starters, here's our five best, and that's who we stick with. The fact is, though, it's just so hard to go through a whole season that way. You know, you always have that sixth man who's going to play a lot. And would you be surprised if A is that guy a- among this group, Dustin? And I would not be.
2: No, I I wouldn't be surprised either. And And I think... You know, what you say is like is true is that you've got your starting five and as much continuity as you can get, as much time to gel and, and play, you know, five guys as you know, working together as one, the better off you are. However, you know, you also need to have a six man, you know, you need to have a swing type player. You need to probably have a guy who can back up at center and or guard, you know, swing player in that in that way. And I think Penn State is also whenever they have two guys who are pretty even with one another. Uh, they they create a situation where they're both playing uh, at, at least early in the season to allow things to really shake out. And so what my expectation would be and my thought is that they get you on a and maybe Sal Wormley are in that one a one B situation to start the year and may the best man win by the time the non conference schedule is over. And so they, they do, and that creates continuity moving forward because now, you know, like last year with Hunter Norzak, getting reps early along with Wormley uh, allows him to be in better position to, to play center this year. And so I think Beguiwane, like the there's developmental upside to, to have a guy um, not just, you know, lose the starting job and that be it. You might have him split reps early just to see where he's truly at. Offensive line to me, Dusty, is the same as Major
1: League Baseball starting rotation. You got the five guys you wanna have out there every fifth day. You want those five to be your starters. They're they're your five best. Guess what? You better have six, seven, eight, nine ready because they're gonna be needed. Let's go to the other side of the ball. Let's go to the defensive side. We've been talking about, you know, those superstars at defensive end, Dustin. Question marks abound at defensive tackle. You've got a whole bunch of guys that are potential hidden gems there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think two at defensive tackle are really worth watching. And there are varying degrees of how hidden these guys really are. Uh, The one I would say, Devon Townley Jr. uh, is the guy who uh, it looked like he was going to make the transition from end to tackle. He entertained the transfer portal briefly and decided to come back. Uh, he is now listed as a tackle and he's six foot six. Like he is a huge long guy. And we've seen Penn state do very well with, with those types of guys before to really jump out early in James Franklin's tenure. Anthony Zettel moved inside from end to tackle and was a very good player uh, there. And then Curtis Cothran is another player who, you know, he's a former two or three star guy who got a lot of, Extra life in his football journey because he was unique. And that is kind of how Devon Townley is built, kind of like Catherine, where you know, at six foot six, and he's like—I think he's about two seventy or so. Uh, he's built very uniquely for that position, and can that help him? You know, be a difference maker and help him beat some of those interior players. We'll see. I mean, I think somebody like this is going to emerge as a surprising key contributor. Uh, maybe it's Townley. I- I'm not sure. I mean, it's early in his, in his time. Uh, he's a bit of a wild card because he, he his heart wasn't all there at one point in time. So how Penn State uses him will be interesting to watch. But I love that frame of his. And Penn State's got a track record for being able to use that.
1: Yes. And there's opportunity there, too, at uh, defensive tackle. I, I And I go back again to there's not two starting defensive tackles. There's like four of them at least, maybe five. Yeah. And so there's opportunities there for anybody. And, you know, so he's one of the guys Townley, yeah. maybe that switch to defensive end to tackle. Anybody else at tackle that you, you think might qualify here?
2: Yeah, I think, um, and this is Penn State's issue at defensive tackle isn't so much, oh, they've got no good players there. Well, they've got players, but they've got no 320 pounders who are proven. Um, and that, that's the issue. I don't know if you can throw out a bunch of 275, 280-pound guys and, and expect not to get pushed around up front. Uh, but one guy who I think is, is proven isn't huge. I don't think he's destined for superstardom or anything, but I think Kaziah Izzard uh, is a player who still has more to offer than what we've seen so far. Um, he's like you know, he's like 6'5", 290, something like that. Um, I loved his high school film a lot. And he looked like he was going to outgrow defensive end pretty early in his career. That's exactly what, what ended up happening. Uh, I think he's shown in in bursts that he can be very disruptive inside. Now the, the the onus is on him to be able to do that not just in bursts but in in more consistent. And, and higher volume of snaps. I think he's one of the players that is really important. If Penn state wants to make up for the lack of uh, the, the loss of PJ Mustafer. I think a guy like, Kaziah I is crucial to doing that. Uh, I think he's a player who can, who can get into the backfield and, and finish with six or seven tackles for loss this year, which will be a, a, outstanding production at defensive tackle. But more than anything, I think he's one of those guys who's got enough experience. Like you need him to play at his best. And if he plays at his best, I think he can be better um, this year than what Penn State fans are maybe crediting him with. And then if you go to defensive end, there's not the same opportunities there, Dustin, but I could think of a couple of guys who might surprise us. You know, the, those, those veterans who are still on the unproven side of things, you know, yet I think Amin Vanover played a pretty nice little role last year. I don't expect that role to grow, um, but Smith Bilbert was missing in action. Um, didn't, they didn't specify why it was kind of like that Hakeem Beeman situation where you're wondering like discipline academics or like what exactly is going on here. Uh, but he, he didn't play last year, which, um, kind of negated the momentum that he built for himself in the Outback Bowl when he had four sacks in that game. So his length is outstanding. His athleticism is outstanding. He's not like the bend the edge and and get to the get to the quarterback type of guy that Chop Robinson or uh, deny Dennis Sutton is, but he can play a really good role at defensive end. And the fact that you're, you're looking at this guy who had four sacks in a bowl game and, and, you know, wondering, okay, is he Penn state's fourth or fifth or sixth best defensive end? It's kind of a good situation to be in. They've got a a bunch of good guys, obviously elite guys at the top, but Smith Vilbert could be a player who that, that next layer can give you some production when you've got reserves on the field. I think Zariah
1: Fisher is another name you could throw into that, that group potential. Yeah. And finally, Dustin, Last but not least on our list, and it's interesting to call him a hidden gem, is that linebacker, Dominic DeLuca, the walk-on, now a scholarship player. We know also, just like defensive end, there's stars there at linebacker, but they play enough guys. There's roles for more than just those superstars at linebacker.
2: There and Penn State already showed that they're willing to trust Dominic DeLuca in those situations. He's unique, like he's only about 210 pounds, but you he Penn State played in all 13 games last year. The situation isn't all that different at linebacker. I would expect him to play in every game again this year, and the production's not, not bad you know, 29 tackles, two tackles for loss. He had a sack, uh, he got to the quarterback, hurried the quarterback a couple times. Broke up a pass. I mean, he's just a guy that I think will never be the second or third best linebacker. But if you have him as your fifth best linebacker every single year from here until the end of his career, I think you've you've got a really nice you know supporting cast there. And I think that's exactly what he is. Penn State's got stars there, but they've also got a grinder that that can cover a lot of ground. That I I I like him a lot.
1: Uh, Same here, Dusty, and he fills a role. And again, it's just so interesting the number of players that Manny Diaz plays on defense. So you don't have to be one of the top 11 players to find yourself a role. All right, that is it. Dustin, we are out of time. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show.
3: Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub Set.